You're listening to the Godfather and Gorney Podcast on Rivals.com with your host, the Godfather of Recruiting, Mike Farrell. <laughs> this podcast is taking a turn. And National Recruiting Analyst, Adam Gorney. We once spent a New Year's Eve together in Denny's in San Antonio, and it was really the low point of my life. That's right. Welcome into another edition of the Godfather and Gorney podcast. My name is Dave Barry, producer of the show. I am joined by the Godfather of recruiting, Mike Farrell, and National Recruiting Analyst Adam Gorney. Guys, how we doing? Great. Living the dream. Living the dream. All right, great. Well, I guess I guess we'll jump right into it. We got a lot to talk about. We got the uh, newly released Rivals 100. We have a new number one overall. A few new five stars we can talk about. We'll get in and talk about um, you know Lamar Jackson in the NFL draft, and then uh, the U being talked a lot about at the Camp Series Rivals Camp Series presented by Adidas in Miami and Orlando. So let's start with uh, the Rankins release. Mike, tell me uh, who the number one player is. Uh, tell me about the new five stars and the kind of the news uh, overall of the new, of the Rivals 100 release. By the way, could we have started that podcast off with any less energy? It was uh, low energy, as Trump likes to say. Hey, it's a team effort. I mean, I, I try to bring the energy. No, you, you, you did. You brought it, and then we're both like, uh, great, great, yeah, living the great. dream. <laughs> uh, uh, Who's the host uh, of this podcast? Yeah. Jeb Bush? It's, is that a is that a political joke? Because I don't know anything yeah, about politics. It's, a, it's an old old political joke. Jeez, uh, <laughs> corny. That's pretty horrible. So, uh, someone else who knows nothing about political jokes is Quivaris Crouch. I'm sure who's uh, our number one player in the country. Who reminds me a little bit of Ernie Sims, a bigger Ernie Sims. Now, people who followed recruiting for a long time and are as old as me, 2003, I. I said Reggie Bush should be the number one football player in the country. I said that. Uh, I was in the minority as Ernie Sims was our number one guy. And a very talented player, played running back, um, played linebacker, was projected as a linebacker, took a ton of visits. Everybody knew he was going to Florida State, but he, he teased Georgia and some other schools. And he was about six foot 225 and jacked up. Now, this kid's 6'3", about 230, and jacked up. But he reminds me of Ernie Sims more so than Dylan Moses. And the reason I bring this up is our number one player is an athlete, but he's not a Derek Williams type of athlete. He was our number one guy in 2005 who played wide receiver, quarterback, defensive back. This is a big athlete. Um, Now he's trending towards the defensive side of the ball a little bit as a linebacker, potentially growing into a defensive end. But at first he wanted to play running back. So it sounds familiar. Ernie Sims always knew he was going to play linebacker, but schools offered him for running back. Dylan Moses didn't know what he wanted to do, um, transitioned to linebacker, but this kid's pretty special. Now, again, JT Daniels would be number one here, so I'll let Gorney do his little love fest on JT Daniels leaving the 2019 class because he was crying about it the whole ranking. But uh, Quivaris Crouch from North Carolina is our number one guy. Will he stay there? I don't know. Uh, this is going to be a very interesting ranking cycle. We do, I think, six more rankings of these guys, maybe five more. It's not a loaded class. Just not. So go ahead, Gorney. Talk about JT Daniels, your man crush, and all this other stuff. I'll talk about Crouch first. And I think what's interesting about this class is that we don't really know who the number one player is yet. It, you know, last year it was pretty clear Trevor Lawrence was, and you know, even even if he struggled early at Army and then got better, uh, or or played really well at Army and then got worse in the game, uh, we were pretty convinced he was the best player in the class. And there was it was going to be very very difficult to knock him off that number one spot here. I I don't think we're really certain of anything, and I think that makes it more interesting as we go through this because we're not locked in on a certain player. I mean, having the having an athlete number one player in the class is tough because you just don't know where he's going to you know end up playing. He he could end up at three positions. I think he looks kind of like a poor man's Bo Scarborough if there if if there's a the best comparison. When I saw him at the Army Combine. He's a big, jacked-up kid, but he's not super huge, if that makes sense. Like Scarborough, when you see him, he just looks like a freak of nature in person. I think there's that picture floating around the internet of him without a shirt on, and he's just complete muscle, like a like a statue. Crouch is big like that, but he's not that big. So, um, you know, if he plays running back, that'll be interesting. If he plays linebacker, both of those positions aren't exactly, you know, number one kind of takes in the NFL draft defensive end is. And so if he, if he morphs into a defensive end, which I could certainly see, I mean, he has another like year and a half before he's going to even go to college. 
Um, you know, I, I think he can continue to develop physically because he's just an awesome looking kid. But this class is going to be very, very interesting because as you go down, is Darnell Wright an offensive tackle from West Virginia the best player? Or are, the, are those receivers from Texas the best players? Kayvon Thibodeau is one of the best looking kids in the class. Um, you know, there, there's, you know, a lot of debate there. There could be a kid sneaking up through the ranks as we go through this camp series and then through the summer and then into the senior year that really kind of takes over that top spot. But right now it's really not clear. Well, I hope there is too, but by the way, there are also pictures of me shirtless on the internet that are around. <laughs> I think Dave very, Barry very, took them. Completely. I've, I've got them all saved on a hard drive. <laughs> all, all, <laughs> completely yoked up, looking a bit like. Quivaris crouch like an egg yolk shorter <laughs> that's pretty good corny it's better than your absolute crap political joke which <laughs> fell on deaf ears and no one cared about that was that was a pretty good joke right there egg yolk <laughs> um i'm gonna give you guys a history lesson just because gordy made fun of me ready <laughs> here we go 2002 vincent young bell to bell no doubt about it so this is a little bit of history of our number ones 2003, Ernie Sims finished number one, but Reggie Bush was in the mix. I felt Reggie Bush should be the guy. This is how easy it used to be, though, and this is the point I'm making. Adrian Peterson in 2004, bell to bell. Derek Williams, whether you agree with it or not, was bell to bell for us in 2005. Now, he didn't pan out as well, but the rest of that class didn't either. I mean, that was the class that was a disaster with you know, Patrick Turner doing nothing at USC. Melvin Alazi, I think, going to jail. Um, Freddie Rouse essentially quitting on the sidelines during a <laughs> ESPN game. Uh, you know, Martellus Bennett's in there, Mark Sanchez is in there, but uh, Jonathan Stewart's in there too. But then you've got guys like Marlon Lucky and Callahan Bright and Jason Guelphy and Ryan Perilu. That was a disastrous class. So, you know, even if it wasn't Derek Williams, it was going to be someone else who probably stunk. 2003, Percy Harvin, bell to bell. 2000, I mean, sorry, 2006, 2007, Jimmy Clausen, Bell to Bell. Um, you know, this is getting pretty easy with the Bell to Bell stuff, and I was getting spoiled. Terrell Pryor, Bell to Bell in 2008. Daquan Bowers made a little bit of a move, but not much. Then we had a couple years where it wasn't as clear cut. Bryce Brown passed Reuben Randall at the end. Uh, you know, I think obviously based on their careers, Reuben Randall has had the better career, uh, but that one was tough. 2010 was also very interesting because that's when Ronald Powell passed up Chantrell Henderson. Chantrell Henderson has had the much better career. But then we got back to pretty easy. 2011, Bell to Bell with Jadavian Clowney. 2012, Bell to Bell with Doriel Green Beckham. 2013, Bell to Bell with Robert Kimdichie, even though all of us were looking for someone better because yeah. we, just, we just knew he wasn't loaded. Then we get interesting because then we started more cycles, more ranking cycles, um, again, there were more camps than ever before. Deshaun Hand over Miles Garrett. That was a big mistake. By, was by who was me. that a big mistake by? Uh, that was on me. I'm gonna also, I'm gonna blame some other people, but I won't name their names. But there are other people at this company that are higher than me that, that made a massive mistake with that whole situation. But Miles Garrett clearly should have been number one. Jabril Peppers was number three. Leonard Fournette was number four. So any of those guys would have been better than Deshaun Hand. But you know, bell to bell, Deshaun Hand, but clearly shouldn't have been bell to bell, especially in that class because 2014 is absolutely loaded. Yeah. Byron, Byron Coward, 2015. Now we had Josh Rosen as number one heading into the All Star game. Josh Rosen decided to say, "Screw you" to the Under Armour game. Byron Coward had a great week, dominated people, had a great game. We flipped him back. That was stupid. Now he's at Maryland. He's not going to get his career on track. Josh Rosen's going to be potentially the number one pick in the draft, but. Before you West Coast people say <clears throat> stupid, 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 Iman Marshall's a number three guy, and he's been a massive disappointment as well to me. So I wouldn't say massive um, disappointment. Well, he's been he's been a disappointment for number three. I mean, yeah, he has been. I agree that way. Then Rashawn Gary and Dexter Lawrence battle in 2016, which is a good one. And both of those guys are going to be first rounders. They're they're freaks. Yeah, you know. Um, so that that was a great, I think, a great year as well. Not as good as 2014. Not as good as 2018. And then the Najee Harris, Marvin Wilson, Cam Akers debate from 2017. So it, it gets more and more interesting. Last year was easy. Trevor Lawrence was number one. Justin Fields made a push, but was not good enough to, to you know, take away the best quarterback I've scouted ever. Um, and now this year we've got, I think, 
the least confidence in a number one guy that I can remember maybe in our history. And, and that's, that's, and that's the weird kid. part, Mike, because we've probably seen these kids because of camps and seven-on-seven seven and every other event every weekend, uh, probably more than anybody. Uh, we've, I've, I've seen these kids, a lot of them already t- two or three times, and kids in my region, like, for two or three years, and you're still not just confident. I, I don't know if it's lack of elite talent at the top or if it's kind of just a lot of elite talent at the top. It's hard to say so early. Yeah, I don't know. I mean, again, yeah, a lot of these guys, I mean, you know, Five Star Challenge, Darnell Wright and Theo Weiss and Hasselwood and R.J. RJ Henderson's was at Future 50 and, and, and so was Kayvon Thibodeau and Crouch. We saw at our camp series last year and Stingley and on and on it goes, guys who were Five Star Challenge at camp series last year at seven on sevens all over the place. So I, I don't know, but I do remember, if I remember correctly, I don't know if Dylan Moses ever started off number one. Um, I'm having trouble remembering, but he probably would have been up there with Crouch as far as a guy that I'm just not sure if he's number one material. Yeah, when I see when I see Dylan Moses in person and I see Quavaris Crouch in person, Crouch is much more of a yoked up kid. Uh, Moses not is, a yoke. <laughs> uh, Crouch is more. He's thicker. He's just more physical looking. Moses is a great looking kid. Don't get me wrong, but Crouch is kind of of that special variety. Um, if you look through his pictures on Rivals.com, you could kind of see the difference. He's just a really, really strong kid. So uh, 6'3", I'm not so sure about. I'd probably put him more at 6'1 or 6'2", uh, but he is he's definitely a strong kid. So it'll be interesting to see. And I think something that we need to consider, too, as we go through the rankings, it's, it's so easy to move somebody from 2 to 4 or 5 to 3 or whatever, but moving that number one player off, and I think we had this issue with Deshaun Hand and maybe Kim Dichi and you know, other players, Cowart, um, is that it's just so hard to move somebody off number one. Even even though you can move somebody off number two pretty easily, number one, it's just so, so hard. And it, it probably shouldn't be, but it just is, it's kind of a mindset thing. Oh, and I do have it here. Um, Dylan Moses was never number one. Dylan Moses started off our July 1st numerical in 2000 uh, for the 2016 class. He was number two behind Marvin Wilson. Uh, but it goes to show you, I mean, number three at that time was Josh Myers, the offensive lineman who fell to four stars. Yeah. You know, and, and some other guys up there, you know, D'Angelo Gibbs ended up falling to four stars. Calvin Ashley fell to four stars. So a lot of the early ones, William Poole, just didn't hang on. Uh, but then it was Marvin Wilson and Moses fell to four. And then it was Marvin Wilson and Moses fell to seven. And then I think Moses lost his fifth star you know, by the time the summer came around. so And I believe it was kind of that issue. We didn't know where he was going to play. He kind of wanted right. to be running back or didn't know how to play linebacker, that kind of thing. Yeah, and I don't know if that's going to happen to Crouch as well. You know, I mean, I'm not really sure if we're going to have that. Because if he's a defensive end, to me, he's Xavier Thomas. You know, just a shorter version. He's not six foot three and a half like Xavier Thomas. But he's that powerful come off the edge guy. I just don't think he's long enough to be a defensive end. So I think he's going to have to play linebacker. But can he move around at six foot two, 235 pounds of muscle, the, you know, to be an elite linebacker? You know, um, we're going to have to see that. Because, you know, projecting him as a running back, which is what he wanted to be originally, he'd have to go into a particular offense, I think, to be successful. Um, he's not a spread guy. So... I don't know. I don't know if he'll stay number one. I don't really know much of anything. I just do do know that I wanted to give you guys a history lesson because Gordy made fun of me in my uh, <laughs> shirtless pictures. So, But uh, to me, it was always so easy in the VHS days. It was like, oh, this guy's number one, and he's staying number one, and there's really no debate. And you know, Even though Reggie Bush had one of the greatest highlights I've ever seen, still probably top five greatest highlight films you'll ever see in your life, Ernie Sims won out and was a first-round draft pick, had a 10-year NFL career. You know, obviously did not have the Reggie Bush success with the Heisman that was taken away. And I think he was a number two pick in the draft or something something ridiculous like that and had an average career. But these are the debates we go through, and uh, I always like to throw a little history in there. So that's Crouch. Now, the other guys, I don't know who could be number one. I mean, wide receiver, if you're number – I mean, we had Julio Jones and A.J. Green never made number one. Yeah. You know, um, Percy Harvin was number one. Derek Williams was number one. But that was like, 
you know, that's when smaller receivers were all the rage and we hadn't gotten to the Megatron stage. And then Doriel Green Beckham was basically Megatron uh, influenced for his number one spot. So Theo Weiss will probably end up six foot five, 215 pounds before all is said and done. But is he good enough to be number one? Offensive tackle has never been number one, ever. I mean, Chantrell Henderson was at one point, but never finished that way. Um, so will, is Darnell Wright the best offensive tackle I've ever seen? He just might be the best player in this class. But, again, I don't think it's a great class. I think 2020 is going to be better. I think 2018 was loaded. I like 2016, and 2014 was obviously uh, freakishly good, except for the Deshaun Hand number one. <laughs> Mike, do you want to pull back the curtain a little bit and take the listeners into our discussions about who else was considered number one? I mean, it's pretty obvious with how we ranked them, but... Were we con- were we sure about Weiss and Henderson being that way? Hazelwood, I don't think, was really in the discussion. Thibodeau yeah. was there for a little while. Thibodeau was discussed, yes. And, and again, it's sort of an effort thing. I mean, you've seen him more than anybody, and sometimes he can turn it on yeah. and just dominate, and sometimes he just doesn't do much of anything. Yeah, um, and, and that's the question I've had with him. I love him. I think he's one of the best-looking kids in the last few years out here, definitely one of the best-looking kids in this class, a legit 6'5". Um, you know, phenomenal off the edge when he wants to be, but sometimes he just kind of disappears. And so, you know, I saw him play. Dave and I were at a game of his last year against Murrieta Valley. Dave, how many clips of him did you get of him getting sacks or tackles for loss or anything? Not many. Um, no, there were there were zero, and it was you know there were more clips where it was just him kind of standing up and and, and t- taking that initial impact and then almost giving up. Yeah, yeah. And that was that was the only game I saw him in. So that, you know that was. But that's my only impression. Yeah. So I, I you know, I think I don't want to say he, he doesn't put in the effort all the time, but I think that he needs to put in more effort all of the time, if that makes sense. And so Yeah. Um, that's a position where you need a motor. I mean, I've seen defensive tackles. Every defensive tackle I've ever seen, you know, has taken plays off. You yeah. know, even Marvin Wilson, who was one of the freakiest work ethic guys and, and, and highest motor guys you could ever see. Even a guy like Marvin Austin back in the day who was great you know motor guy they all take plays off defensive ends should not take plays off Clowney did not take plays off yeah um if you want to be that good if you want to be you know Kimdichi did take plays off obviously and that's why we had some questions about whether he was number one and that's why he's obviously not very good in the NFL but but if you want to be that number one rush edge guy uh you, you gotta make sure you amp up the motor so he's number four right now if he wants to be number one he's gonna have to amp up the motor a little bit, I think. I think, yeah, too. And I, w- I will add, just adding to what Gorney said, you, if you look at him, he looks like a million bucks. So, you know, you want to see that, that effort out of him because he has a potential where he, he might be able to be the number one player in this class. Yeah, when he, when he runs onto the field and you see him against other high school kids, and these are pretty good high school kids that he's going up against, it, it just looks like he's going to annihilate everybody, and then he really doesn't. So... Um, you know, that, that has been the concern, but he's, he, he does have that ability. I've seen it. I think we saw it at future 50. And so it'll be interesting to see, but two guys, Mike, that I think can move up there really quickly into the discussion for number one. And they're kind of down the list now. Tell me what you think. Zach Harrison at 15, he's six five two forty five. I mean, it doesn't get much better looking than that. Zach Pickens, who Woody Womack loves at six four two sixty seven right now. That's an impressive looking kid too. And then the kid you mentioned, Logan Brown. I mean, he's an yeah. offensive tackle, 6'6", 290, which means he'll be 6'7", 315, 320 in college and committed to Wisconsin. Is that almost a, a guarantee that he's going to be a star? If he sticks with Wisconsin. I mean, obviously these commitments mean nothing at this stage. But, yeah, yeah th- that's another kid that's definitely, or I think will probably be a, a five-star. And, and he's behind Wanya Morris, who doesn't have the same build as Logan Brown. Um, he might be a little bit better technically but Wanya Morris is very, you know, bottom heavy. He's, he's got a very strong lower body, um, and he's he's not as strong up top. Where Logan Brown is more proportioned. But Harrison and Pickens could be the guys. I mean, maybe it's a battle between them at the end. I don't know. Um, I, I'd I'd love to see a few guys emerge. What's interesting is only two of the top 19 players in the country are committed. Yeah. Uh, that that's crazy. I mean, I don't think I've ever seen uh, this many undecideds at the top of our rankings as well. Um, you know, I know that's going to change as the spring comes around and, and official visits occur in the spring and all these kids will commit as placeholders and then decommit. But 
With going back to Thibodeau, I, I was at the Future 50. I was expecting him to come out and be a guy, you know, with the work ethic questions or the motor questions to be a guy to show up and just absolutely, you know, go through a couple drills, hold his hamstring, sit out uh, the rest of the event. And he went full bore the whole time, you know. So maybe he needs to fix the problem in games, but at that camp he was outstanding. Yeah, and that's the thing with him, and I've seen him over the years do that. Um Sometimes he's excellent and completely unstoppable, and sometimes he just disappears and you kind of forget he's on the field. And so um, he put up big numbers in his junior year, so maybe I just saw him in two or three games where he just didn't do much. Uh, but, you know, you expect to see me on the sideline, you expect to really put in full effort, right, Mike? I mean, that would be the thing. You would hope. You would hope. <laughs> you would hope. <laughs> you would hope. But. Yeah, so let's move on from the, the awesome rankings since we had more technical difficulties on our podcast, which drives me absolutely nuts and which is completely depressing. And we'll move forward to Jim McElwain, hired by Michigan as a wide receivers coach. He's going to be involved in the offensive game planning. Uh, this goes back to whether the shark picture was part of the reason he was fired. Remember? Yes. And your wild theories about that. Yeah, which was great theories, I thought. I mean, you know, they were just like, this. we got to get rid of this guy. He looks just like a guy who was naked on a shark. And, oh, here's a great excuse. He made up death threats. Uh, so let's punt him. <laughs> I don't know what he brings to Michigan. I mean, I don't know why they made this move. I mean, obviously, you know, the, the offensive game planning has been a problem. But he's not a great recruiter. So Michigan fans who are expecting him to kick butt in recruiting, he doesn't really love it. You know, I talked to a few sources down at Florida throughout his tenure. Uh, he put together a couple, you know, top ten recruiting classes, but I think that's really just easy to do at Florida. And one of them was ranked number nine, and it wasn't a very impressive class to me. I think he got a lot of guys that other people didn't want. He, he picked up a bunch of guys late in the process, you know, a, a defensive back from Louisiana that didn't have an LSU offer or you know, wide receiver that no one else wanted just to sort of bump the rankings up there. Um, so I don't know. I don't know if this is a good hire or not. I, I We wrote last week, we, we ranked the assistant coaching hires. I put him in there because he's a big name. And I did say he's a good offensive coach because he was. But I'm hearkening back to Alabama where he was a pretty good recruiter and a pretty good offensive coach. But it's easy to recruit at Alabama and it's easy to be a pretty good offensive coach at Alabama when you're dealing with just five stars. So I don't know. This will be interesting because people are getting impatient with Jim Harbaugh. Yeah, it sounds to me, it sounds uh, on the, on the face of it, it sounds more of the same for Michigan. You know, look at Florida's offense. When Florida played Michigan last year, it looked kind of like the same offenses out there. So what is he going to bring that's going to change the offense to make it start working and scoring points? Because they're not doing all that much of it they haven't been there have been issues uh you read about you know you know problems with the offensive coordinator and the play calling and you know who's in control of what and all kinds of problems there so what does Jim McElwain do does he come in and completely change the offense and you know give Shea Patterson the ability to run around and make plays and be creative or is this just going to be more of of the same Jim McElwain when he was at Florida always complained that he didn't get his own guys in there yet, and you have to give him time, and the quarterback situation was deplorable, but they could never really throw the ball. They couldn't move it. They couldn't score points, and that that is the same problem that Michigan has had. So unless Jim McElwain completely changes his philosophy when he gets to Michigan and Harbaugh allows him to do that, um, it's a nice hire that you got the old Florida coach to be your, you know, your, your offensive coordinator, but it's not exactly like it sounds like Michigan is going to change a whole lot offensively uh, with this hire. So, it, it, you know, it, it is kind of concerning in terms of, you know, points scored at Florida. Look at Jim McElwain's error there. It's not really all that good. And that's the problem Michigan has had. Um, and so it doesn't seem like much is going to change. Yeah, and now Michigan fans have to deal with the sharp picture for the rest of their lives and their timelines. So And, and the Great uh, Lakes are all around Michigan, so that could be concerning in terms of boat and sharks and all those kinds of things. I don't think there's sharks in the Great Lakes, though. <laughs> <laughs> right? I mean, there's freshwater sharks, right? But yeah. I don't know if there's sharks. No, I, don't. I know nothing. It's amazing how little I know about everything. <laughs> like, I don't know anything. <laughs> there could be tons of sharks in the Great Lakes, or there could be zero sharks. I have no idea. And then, All I know... And we don't know whether this uh, this Jim McElwain lookalike, whether he discerns between freshwater and saltwater <laughs> sharks. Yeah, does he have a preference? <laughs> no, we don't know. We really don't. Um, 
And the other thing is, how many schools do you think use that picture against McElwain in recruiting? Let's be honest. How, how many? I think. I think. Sadly, many. I think. Yeah. Every, I think every one of them used it. I don't think they sent it in literature and saying, "Hey, you know, come to our school. You don't want to go to play for this guy." I don't think they sent it in any literature or anything that could be traced to them. But I guarantee you, in in-home visits, that picture was passed around. Uh, at the dinner table, let's which just, is not the place to pass that picture around. Let's just be clear um, here and and say that that was definitely not Jim McElwain. Uh, it was a lookalike, but it's still pretty funny that it looked exactly well, like him. Don't people say it's the Jimmy John's guy now? <laughs> well, like I, now that that's the latest rumor. I, I don't know. Well, is it wasn't it? So, it was like a former New York uh, police officer. Right. Oh, it was okay. All right. So it's no one Who famous. Knows? Well, could that be the Jimmy John's guy too? I, all I know is that Jimmy John's is an average sandwich. Well, let's just let's just hope there won't be any fishing trips for <laughs> McElwain up in Michigan, <laughs> and at least half the year it's too cold unless he goes ice fishing. But um, regardless, I just don't think it's a, a super great hire. Maybe I'm wrong. Maybe the offense will be amazing. Maybe they'll win a national championship. But you know, to me, it's like Matt. The guy didn't even want the job in, in Florida after after first year or so. He just couldn't handle the pressure. So I know it's a better situation being under Harbaugh, who gets all of the pressure. Um, what I want to see is Harbaugh address the the pictures because you know he's like a little bit off. Well, this is and he might actually do that. This is what gets me too about this hire, and it'll be interesting to see the chemistry in that room because Harbaugh is certainly a quirky personality, and Jim McElwain is a quirky personality. So we'll see how the two mesh, and exactly uh, you know how much rain he has in calling the plays and, and what kind of offense they're going to run. Because this isn't a hire like you hire some spread guy from a high school or you hire a spread guy from a small college and you're implementing new things. This is. Let's let's beef up the front and let's run the ball a whole lot more. It's I, I don't know I don't I don't see it. You know what I love about our new technology here that we're using. It sounds like you're reporting from Beirut or some <laughs> distant land. Do, do you really get that does. too, Dave? Does it sound yeah, horrible? It does, but it, it won't sound like that when we actually put the podcast out. So don't All worry. Because right. you sound horrible too. Do I sound horrible? No, you sound great. See, I think I bought the better microphone. I think Gorney went out and cheaped it out. I have the blue snowball. Uh, you know, I, w- I went with what the podcast uh, the host recommended, and, and, and it's here. <laughs> no, you have no idea how many jokes I can make about the blue snowball. <laughs> <laughs> no idea. But I'm going to move on from the blue snowball. and We're better than that. Miami. <laughs> no, we're really not. I mean, if we could really talk the way we want to on this podcast, I think a lot more people would listen to it. But, oh, yeah. You know, we don't want to lose our jobs. I mean, Verizon did a really good job, I think, at the Super Bowl with their commercials, and, and obviously they help out a lot of people. With, they don't want us representing them <laughs> at all with our true comments, with our, with, our, with our camp chatter. And speaking of camp chatter... Miami was the talk of the Florida Camp Series down there. I talked to Rob Cassidy, who is our Florida guy, and he said, you know what? Florida State doesn't even really look to be trying that hard to get into South Florida yet, and I'm curious about that. And Florida's trying but failing, and Miami is what everybody's talking about, especially down in in Dayton-Broward County. Um, I thought Miami might fall out of the top 10 in our recruiting rankings for 2019, but you know, based on the buzz they're getting down there, based on some of the early commitments they have, I might be wrong. Yeah, I mean, they're ha- half of their class is pretty much in. They have 10 commitments in 2019. Uh, Mark Richt has done a good job of bringing law and order to the program, but continuing to recruit South Florida. I mean, they have six recruit. They have six commitments in the 2020 class, and so all Florida kids, all South Florida kids, or Central Florida, used to live in Gainesville. Love the state. Love Gainesville, but. Uh, yeah, I mean, if Florida State isn't making a tremendous effort to get down there, maybe they think it's a little early. Maybe they think they can pull a lot of kids. They had a junior day this past weekend, which looked to be successful. Uh, there's a lot of kids in Florida. If they if they can go around the remainder of the state and collect a lot of those kids and leave South Florida to its own devices, that's an interesting recruiting strategy, but I don't know if it's going to work. So uh, Mark Richt has done a tremendous job, obviously winning, uh, you know, just uh, it'll be interesting. To, I, I I think Florida will continue to have problems getting in there until they win, 
and they and Dan Mullen can prove that that offense can get flying again. If they're moving up and down the field, and it's spread and it's a lot of fun, a lot of those South Florida kids are going to go to Florida. Uh, but until that time, I think they're going to, you know, take their time and look at Miami and, and be all about the Canes. So let's move on to Lamar Jackson. Now you mentioned does Lamar Jackson need to move positions? Who was it this week that was harping on that? Because I saw so much about it, but I didn't really read too much about it because I think it's stupid. Yeah, yeah. This is maybe one of the the dumber uh, comments or takes. Bill Polian, Hall of Famer, uh, went on. I believe what's the what's the Golic and Greeny show now? Golic and Wingo or whatever. It's Golic called? and Wingo. Yeah. Golic yeah. and Wingo. Okay. Uh, not a big ESPN radio listener, I have to admit, but. Uh, he went on there and said that Lamar Jackson is short. <laughs> He's 6'3". Short. Yeah, short and slight, and that he needs to move positions, and that he shouldn't be like Terrell Pryor and wait until he's 29 years old to move positions, although Terrell Pryor's 26 years old. Um, basically, he was saying Lamar Jackson's not good enough to be an NFL quarterback and that he should move positions for the combine to prove that he's athletic enough to be a wide receiver in the NFL. He is he is slight. Uh, I'll give it that. I did get to see him in a game, um, like a college game. You know, rarely we get to see these guys in college games in person. You know, so I was out at warm ups and stood next to him. And obviously, we, in high school, we stood next to him. He was slight in high school, but you expect these guys to fill out. And he hasn't filled out that much since high school. He's definitely not short. That's a stupid comment. Yeah. Um, he's he's not a short guy. Um, he is slight, not 185 slight, but you know, if he's packing on 205 and he looks smaller than that, and if he's listed at 220, then he's definitely smaller than that. And I'm not sure what he's listed at, but 212. Changing positions, 212. It would be stupid now to do that. I mean, Terrell Pryor was a, a whole different situation. You know, he, he never got his last year in college because of the scandal, and you know, he went off and tried to become a quarterback and was with some crappy teams. and. Uh, was never a great mechanical quarterback. I remember seeing him in seven on seven. It was ugly, you know, because he, he kind of pushed the ball. His mechanics were bad. It was it was kind of Vince Young like, where he was just such a big athlete, six five, two hundred forty pounds, in high school, and and could just run around and, and make plays. And we saw him in the Army Bowl. He had a really good Army Bowl, uh, just doing that, getting outside the pocket. But you know, I don't think Terrell Pryor would have been an instant star at wide receiver either. I think his transition throughout his career was a necessity. And, and if, you know, Lamar Jackson needs to move positions down the line, it'll be something that they'll figure out within the first couple of years like they did with Pryor. Um, but for, for, you know, pulling to say, you know, hey, give up quarterback. I mean, the guy won a Heisman. He's a very, very good quarterback. He's very, very fast. His accuracy is okay. Yeah. Uh, he can look great on some passes. He can look bad on others, but you can find that with most anybody. But I don't know. That's just kind of stupid to me. So forget, forget the Hall of Famer who's, you know, put together Super Bowl winning football teams and listen to me because I know what I'm talking about. <laughs> it is an interesting take. I, I don't agree with it. Baker Mayfield is 209 pounds and two inches shorter. Um, I don't know if he should switch positions. I don't know if him throwing bombs every every play in the Big 12, which where defenses are a complete joke, if that's any good evaluation of how he's going to be as an NFL quarterback. He runs around a whole lot, too, and creates and is out of the pocket and all that kind of stuff. Uh, Josh Rosen, who everybody thinks is, we think, is the number one player in the draft and should be taken first. Great kid. A friend. Uh, he's, one, <laughs> he's, one in, he's one inch taller and six pounds heavier, so it's not exactly like uh, Lamar Jackson can't pack on six pounds, um, and and uh, and be just you know the prototypical NFL quarterback. So, uh, you know, if if you ask me about Lamar Jackson, I think he's like Teddy Bridgewater, but way more athletic. Uh, probably not as accurate of a passer right now, but you take that athleticism and mix it in into an NFL team, and he he can definitely be a quarterback in the NFL. So, um, Josh Rosen is a friend. That's hilarious to me. You know, Josh Rosen follows. 166 people on Twitter, which is a lot more than he used to follow. If you remember, it used to be like 20. Yeah. I, I, I don't see Gorney on here, though. No, that's the thing, though. That That's that's the respect. He doesn't need to follow me, but when we see each other, we talk, we chat, we chop it up, mm -hmm. as the kids like to say. 
chop it up. He follows Ellen DeGeneres. Yeah, but Josh Rosen has 19,000 followers. I don't think he's an active Twitter personality. But still follows Ellen DeGeneres and doesn't follow you. I mean, aren't you the one who made him? No, he made himself. Ellen DeGeneres. Jaworski, Jim Kelly. There's some real good people on here. Ellen DeGeneres follows 35,000 people. She has 76.9 million Twitter followers. I mean, that's she can't, depressing. She can't track that. I mean, 35,000. I mean, once you get up to that number, I'm at a ridiculous number of people that I follow at 3,000 something. I can't whittle that down. Now, spe- I'm never going to be able to. And, it, and you're way higher than that. Speaking of begging for followers, Barack Obama, our former president, he follows 625,000 people. Oh my God, that's ridiculous! I mean, that's a lot of so following. Somebody's handling. Somebody's handling. You, you follow forty-seven hundred. The the, gr- the, <laughs> the greatest thing ever is our current president, Donald J. Trump, uh, follows forty-five people. <laughs> how, how many adult? How many adult film stars are on your follower list? <laughs> I believe zero, but uh, do I? As, as Eric the actor once said, <laughs> Eric the actor was called out for that, so I'll have to go through my list and just make sure. Um, like Ronnie the limo driver. <laughs> so I was gonna play. Are you surprised by? But there's not a lot of stuff that's out there. Do we have a drop for that yet? No, we don't have a drop. No. Yeah, we're we're we've actually gone backwards in technology. So we're <laughs> sorry. Are you are you surprised that Ray Carruth is seeking custody of the son he tried to kill? Yeah, no, but I'm surprised that Ray Carruth is even allowed out of prison. I'm surprised he's allowed to even petition for, like, I don't know, like for custody. Here's a, how is that possible? Here, here's I know, I know. Seriously. Here's a good are you surprised? Are you surprised that the Jets are going to throw all the money in the world, as it's been reported, at Kirk Cousins instead of taking one of the top you know, te- three quarterbacks in the draft and building a team around them? Well, I want an experienced guy, and their draft history has not been very good at quarterback, so I, I, I'm not surprised. There's a lot of teams, though, in the Kirk Cousins, you know, pool everybody wants them the arizona wants them uh minnesota wants them blah 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 i mean i don't know who's going to get them but name the jets quarterback drafts i mean you know hackenberg you know Geno smith yeah 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 so so you take the you, know? you take the responsibility out of their hands and try to sign a free agent who's proven yeah like mark sanchez was drafted by them wasn't he yeah, i believe so with the butt fumble so he, he didn't pan out too well either. I'm not really sure who they've drafted that's been any good. So maybe they need to go the, the free agent route. My f- good friend, Mike Groh, promoted offensive coordinator for the Eagles. That's a big deal um, for him. But Peterson calls the plays, right? Yeah, it doesn't matter. <laughs> I mean, you're still an offensive coordinator. Yeah. that That's the next step towards being a head coach. Very good. Mike Groh, former... Uh, rivals recruiter recruiter of the year when he was with Alabama and somebody that I knew way back from the Virginia days when his dad used to yell at me constantly. <laughs> uh, Al you know, and I was like, wow, Mike's pretty cool, but Al was not so cool. So uh, that's pretty good right there. Bryce Harper is acting like a jerk again. Is that surprising? No, not surprising at all. And didn't Don Mattingly tell him to shut up and mind his own business or something like that, which I respect. I, I had a Don Mattingly rookie card, and it used to be worth a lot of money, but now nobody collects cards, so I think it's like worth like three bucks. He sure did. And J.J. Uh, Reddick said something stupid. Is that surprising? I don't know. I don't know J.J. really well, so I would say he, he, yes. He's drawing criticism for using a racial slur while wishing Chinese fans a happy new year. <laughs> Why are you doing that? <laughs> Just don't wish anybody a happy new year and save yourself. So so back to the draft. I don't know. It, it's going to be interesting. The combine's coming up, obviously. They're still going to be talking about the quarterbacks. Who's the one guy, the one guy, that you think is the steal of the first round that, that not a lot of people are talking about? 
Hold on. Let me look at the... I have to look at a list. We, we need to prepare better You shouldn't better have this. to look at the list, my friend. You shouldn't have to look at the list. You should have a name right in your head. See, but you do because you posed this question. So let's start with you. And as you as you banter on about this, I'll look and I'll tell you mine. Well, I said it last time and I'll say it again. It's DeAndre Payne. Yeah. I mean, not Deron Payne. DeAndre Payne was a defensive back who uh, was out of Washington, D.C. I do that all the time. This is my... Um, early onset dementia. Yes. Where I'd talk about somebody and I'd mention someone else who has the same name and one of them's famous and the other one went on to do nothing. But Deron Payne is my guy. Uh, projected the late first round, I think he should be a top 10 pick. Um, but I don't know. I mean, I guess I could pick someone else because I've already mentioned him a few times. But I just don't understand some of these guys that I see high up on this list. Um, I don't know. I mean, it, like who? I like name Calvin names, Mike. Really. Name names. I like Calvin Ridley a lot. I think he's a very good receiver, but is he really a top ten pick? No, no, he's not. Um, I mean, are they just desperate for wide receivers in this draft? It's not a good wide receiver draft if Christian Kirk is considered a potential first rounder. Yeah, talking, but, talking, a lot of Patriots talk around Christian Kirk now. Well, they've got guys like him already. Yeah, I mean, they don't need short, fast wide receivers. They kind of covered that. <laughs> They need six foot five wide receivers. That's that that's kind of how they win the game, though. As Brady gets older and he can't chuck it as far, then you just dump it off and let him run. That's that's how the NFL yeah, is. If moving. you've already got like three on your roster, why would you add a fourth? Yeah, that's that, true. That makes no sense either. That's true. So, have you found your guy yet, or what? I have found my guy. Are you ready? I wonder if I can guess it. He's a Big Twelve wide receiver, and he averages twenty eight yards a reception. Oh, gosh, it's James Washington. I think he's going to be an interesting pick. If Brandon Cooks can be so successful first in New Orleans and marginally successful in New England, and I think Tom Brady hates Brandon Cooks, uh, James Washington could be very much that guy. Uh, the only problem I have with James Washington is he's, he's, he's built like a running back. Yeah. He's fast. He gets separation in the Big 12, but so could I. Uh, as we've all seen, anybody seen me run routes? Um, just an odd build, and mostly those guys who are, you know, sort of the wider, not long, wide receivers don't pan out to me. That may sound ridiculous, but it's just a feel that I have. Um, I don't know. He's put up great numbers, but also Oklahoma State wide receivers have. You know, been, I guess, pretty good. Kind of average, other than Des Bryant. Yeah. Well, who else has done well besides Des Bryant? Yeah, that's true. I mean, I guess. I guess you could say that about any school. Are you surprised? Well, a lot of guys putting up numbers. Yeah. So, uh, you know, that just don't pan out. Are you surprised in the new CBS mock draft that Baker Mayfield is number one to the Cleveland Browns? I think this Baker Mayfield number one pick overall thing has really gotten a lot of legs. I don't think it's ever going to happen. Yeah. Um, but but I wouldn't you know I wouldn't take Sam Darnold over him. Um, you know I, I would take Rosen. I would take Mayfield probably in the top five or six. Would you take Sam? Would you take Sam Darnold or Josh Allen first? Oh God! I take Sam Darnold, Josh Allen, please. <laughs> That's just all. And, and I'm not a Sam Darnold fan. I think he's a turnover machine, and I think he's going to be awful in the NFL. That's just my thought. You know, he's USC's version of Deshaun Kaiser, but um, I, I do not like Josh Allen. I do not think that that's a good quarterback. Period. But if I'm the Broncos at number five and Baker Mayfield sitting there, I'd take it because they need a quarterback. That would be interesting. Yeah, they do. Of course, they did. They took a first rounder a couple of years ago, which is always kind of funny to me. You take a first rounder, and then you give up on them. Paxton Lynch, yeah, and take another first rounder. Teams that usually do that don't don't do well. But um, I don't know. I don't know. James Washington isn't even projected in the first round that I'm looking at right here. I'm looking at CBS right now. He's twenty third to uh, twenty twenty. He is somewhere. Uh... I mean, I take I take James Washington over Christian Kirk. Not that I don't like Christian Kirk, but I just don't see him being, you know, uh, he's not going to run a four three something. Uh, he's five foot ten. 
you know, he's very good. It'd be great for us if he panned out because he was a five star. But I, I just don't see that. Yeah, uh, I'm not putting much credence in this uh, in this draft in this mock draft though because they have Colton Miller uh, from UCLA, a UCLA offensive lineman, going in the first round, and that cannot happen. I mean, they are just so deplorable on the offensive line. They made Josh Rosen look bad, and that's the hard to do. So uh, there's always some weird picks. Yeah, everybody takes a, everybody takes a shot, you know. Yeah, and I don't think enough people are taking a shot at Jerron Payne. So we'll see. We're you know I'm going to come out with my awesome, amazing mock draft very soon, and everybody's going to just love that and be waiting. And then we're going to do some draft stuff next week and head into the combine, and then we'll do some more after that and blah blah blah. I, I really do like the Are You Surprised? But my gosh, it's really such a bad time for any sort of news in sports. I mean, did you watch the All-Star game? Did you watch any of that? You know, I, did, I didn't I did watch much of it, and I forgot that the dunk contest was on. I used to like the three-point contest when Craig Hodges was in it. Uh, that was in the 80s, though. But uh, uh, I didn't watch much of it, to be honest with you. What was I watching? That was Sunday night. Oh, you know what I was watching? Daytona 500, like a real man. I was watching golf. Oh, uh, uh, okay. Which is what you should be watching since you're moving to a golf course. We've already talked about this. But yes. the Daytona 500, I, I, I used to like it, you know, when Jeff Gordon and those guys were around. I, I couldn't name one driver now. Well, that's... I mean, I guess... That's to your... Uh, I don't know. That, there are so many good young drivers. It's it's back and it's better than ever. But... The, but who's, who's driving the M&M's car? Uh, Kyle Busch. Oh, I like him. Because I like M&M's. Yeah. So. Pe- What's well, peanut M&M's? Yeah, I'd root for that guy. Because before Kyle Busch, it was someone else. It was... Oh, boy. See, I'm not good How at remembering How do you know this? You, you don't know any of this stuff. You're in California, and you're from Pennsylvania. You should know nothing about ha- that. Half of the NASCAR racers are from California or North Carolina. Kyle Larson, the up-and-coming guy who used to drive the Target car, he's a, he's a California guy. Jimmy Johnson's a California guy down by Dave's area in San Diego. Well, I can't tell you anything about racing, sorry. Oh, God. <laughs> well, I like it. I'm watching it, and I don't care. <laughs> what did he... I'm still reading this J.J. Reddick thing. I can't... I can't repeat it or anything, but it's just very ridiculous. I think we're done. Yeah, I think right? I think we're about done. I mean, I mean, if we're talking one, to basketball and, and NASCAR, I, I think Well, once done. once spring football starts, we'll have a lot more to talk about. But right now, it's like, it's it's February 20th. We just released the 2019 <laughs> ranking, which, you know, a lot of people don't care about because it's so early. You know, we're in camp season. There's nothing to talk about. Once the, com- once the combine starts, I think we'll have some topics. Maybe. <laughs> I mean, if you look at NCAA football headlines, Mayfield trying to sack Manziel comparisons. Whoop-dee-doo. McIlwain, we already talked about. D'Antonio got an extension by Michigan State one year. Who cares? Old Miss is filing appeal against their NCAA punishment, which is laughable. It's just, it's all like nothingness. The new mi- new Minnesota right uniforms will have a hundred different combination. That's, that's uh, big news. What I like is the ore on the helmets. I'm a big helmet guy. Did you see the aura on the helmets? No. Row the boat, baby. They're putting an aura right down the middle. I like that. All right. I thought that was pretty cool. It's, it's so, Okay. That's exciting as well. Dave Barry, do you have anything to save this? Um, what have no, you been doing? No. <laughs> I mean, I know you've been traveling to camps and stuff like that, but tell me about your life. What, do you, what are your hobbies? What are you into? What are you into? <laughs> I've been real busy lately, actually. You know, I, I was in Miami two weekends ago. I did get a little getaway this last weekend in Big Bear, real close to Adam Gorney. No, it must uh, have been nice. Did, oh, it must be nice. Things. You got away? <laughs> yeah. Yeah, wow. we are allowed to take vacation once in a while. Yeah. But, must, oh, must I do nice. need to... Must be nice. I have to get a new car now because a piece of my car broke, so that's going to be fun. You need a whole new car because a piece of your car broke? Well, I've I've convinced myself that I do. Yeah, <laughs> I'm like, oh, I'm over it. It's, we're getting a new one. <laughs> you know what? You know what? You know what broke for me this morning, which absolutely was put me in an absolute panic. My freaking Keurig broke. Oh, uh, overuse overuse will do that to it, Mike. 
I tried to fix it too. I Googled it and all this stuff. And uh, I tried to fix it. And it says, you know, they take the water thing out and the, the needle needs to be cleaned and all this other stuff. And I'm just not handy at all. And I was just like, got through two steps and I'm like, I got to buy a new Keurig. And I got to get one like now after this podcast is over, I'm going out to get a new Keurig. So I assume they're all the same. There's not like a super Keurig that I need to get. But uh, once that breaks, you know, things aren't going very well in your life. No, that's a pretty dire situation. It is, because i got to go to Bed Bath & Beyond. Have you ever been to Bed Bath & Beyond? Oh, yeah. All right. They, well. send, they send me coupons, like, once a week. Yeah, me too, but I don't ever go there. You know what really, rustle, you know what really rustles my jimmies about this is uh, <laughs> I, buy my, I buy my wife a Keurig, and then she goes to Starbucks every day anyway and still buys $5 coffees every day. And so c- can I yell at her about that, or should I just let it, let it be? No, let it go. Pick your battles. Yeah. Let that one go. Because you're not going to win that one. She's not going to stop going. And if she does stop going, then you're screwed anyways because she's going to be pissed at you because she can't get her Starbucks. Yeah. I'll just... Let, let that one go. It really does rustle my jimmies, though. <laughs> you make, make enough money. You're fine. No. You yeah, you're living on a golf course. You know, you read this stuff about, you know, saving money and ways to save. And, and that's one of the ways to save. Don't eat out all the time and don't go to coffee places. Yeah, well, we can't all live the life you live, which, which is sitting on the couch with our laptop on our lap for 24 hours. I mean, it's a miracle you had a child. Yeah, you don't you don't leave the house and you don't get up until your legs go numb. That's my strategy. <laughs> we got to drop some more stern references in there because the only thing that made me happy on this entire podcast was asking uh, Dave Barry what what he's into. Yeah. What are you into? <laughs> I, I I don't like that. <laughs> my medicated Pete. All right, let's get done with this. If if more than twenty people listen to this piece of garbage, <laughs> I'd be unbelievably surprised. We had like seven hundred and eighty or something for the last one. It's going it's up only because it's only because we went in on Harbaugh, and the Michigan fans got very very upset. Um, all seven hundred and eighty Michigan fans that know about our podcast. So this one, I'm predicting. We usually get five hundred, and we never grow. Uh, I'm projecting this one's going to be like 300. I guess it counts if they listen to the first two minutes, so that counts as a stream, right? Is it two minutes? Is that what you need? I don't know, but no one's getting to the end of this piece of garbage. (laughs) Absolutely nobody. You You know who has to, though? The the editors have to. They have to listen to the whole thing to make sure we don't swear. (laughs) So right now, they are so upset because they have to listen to this right now. We should just keep going and talk about nonsense. (laughs) It should go for like two and a half hours (laughs) to make them listen to this crap. All right. Who knows? Maybe maybe, maybe we'll get some basketball and NASCAR fans to to listen to this one. I hope so. I'll, I'll tweet at NASCAR and hope somebody picks it up. There you go. Well, I'm going to get a Keurig. Okay, well, let's just remind everybody real quick, do something that Josh, Josh Rosen does not do and follow Adam Gorney on Twitter. <laughs> He's at Adam Gorney. Uh, Farrell is at Rivals Mike, and I am at Real Dave Barry. We will see you guys all again next week. Bye.